0: Hello and welcome. You are listening to the Evolvepreneur Secret Show for Entrepreneurs, and I'm your host, Brian Silverthorne. And my mission is to always help entrepreneurs make a difference in their businesses and to navigate the sometimes challenging worlds of startup growth or relaunch. And today we're going to dig deep with our guest and get you the best concepts and strategies to fast track your business. And today our special guest is Amanda Neely. And Amanda is a small business financial professional and she helps develop personal financial strategies for individuals and couples uh, and profitability strategies for businesses. So welcome to the show, Amanda. Happy to have you.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me, Brian. Great to be here.
0: Good, good. So why don't we start out by you telling us how you got to the position you are now helping people with their finances?
1: Yeah, it's a winding tale. It's gone here, there, and yonder. But the main theme that's been throughout since childhood is making the world a better place. And, you know, uh, all the things that go along with that, with the environment, socially, all, all over the place. And that's really shown me how important businesses are in that effort. Um, I started in the nonprofit sector and woke up to entrepreneurship and starting my own business. And I've, I'm on my second business now. And it's always been about how do we make the world a better place? What's the social change that we want to see happen? And how can we start with ourselves and then bring that forward to others as well?
0: Great. Thanks. Well, we can make the world a better place in a number of different ways. What, okay. what inspired you to get into the financial world to help out?
1: Yeah, it was actually during my first business that I met a financial planner. And at first I was like, oh, I know all that. I've started a business. Of course I know how to do numbers. Like, I don't need his help. And then um, we were doing some documentary screenings just about different world-changing concepts. And we invited him to share one about money, thinking we're not going to learn anything. It'll just inspire the audience. And when the credits rolled on that documentary, I was mad that he had not told us all the things that were shared there. And how could I not know these things? And so we started working with him. We, Our business was totally transformed. We got way more insight on how to make profit, but also how to do it in a way that fulfilled our sense of joy and fulfillment within the business and still made a difference in the world that we were trying to do with that business. And so when we were selling that, business, we were thinking, what do we do next? And we immediately thought, well, this has made such a difference for us, helped us be more generous, helped us fulfill our purpose even more by having that money system that he had shared with us. And so we're like, let's share that with others. We got, that's how, that's what we got to do.
0: Oh, great. So um, are there, were there any particular challenges getting that type of business started over and above what you were doing before?
1: Yeah. So before we were, we owned a coffee shop, so we were selling coffee very easy. Customers would come our way. We'd fulfill their um, order with a smile, build community. You know, it wasn't, we didn't, we did some marketing, you know, some would you like to add a muffin to that, but it wasn't, we didn't have to go find the business. We had our shop there. Business was walking by all the time. Now working virtually with anyone in the U.S. and not, you know, having, We started working from home. Now we have an office, but it's within like a co-working space. We don't have a shingle out there. We have to generate all of our business ourselves. And I'm not a salesperson. I I never want to be a salesperson. I see myself as more of an educator. But that's been a different learning curve to learn how do I present the ideas, make sure people understand them and feel comfortable with them so they're begging to work with me and actually don't have to sell. Is way more my style, and so I've had to like adapt that from all the ways that, as financial professionals, we're told to sell and to push products or do different things. Um, To be myself in this role has has been a a big learning curve.
0: Right. Okay. Well, you know, every business usually has an ideal customer or ideal client. In the coffee shop, it's somebody that likes coffee, right, Mm -hmm. or an occasional muffin, as you say. (laughs) But uh, what's the definition of your ideal? Uh, client for, for your business? And and how does that ideal client, since you work nationwide, find you?
1: Yeah. Um, even though like we can work nationwide, I still work a lot with people who are connections of connections, right? So it's always that word word of mouth, a little bit of SEO people will come across us, but most of our business is still, we help someone they have such a great experience. They share it with others that they think would be involved. You know that would want to kind of like you just had a great cup of coffee. You tell your neighbor, "Hey, you need to go check out this coffee shop." Same kind of thing. Still mm-hmm. a lot of word of mouth. Um, but really, the sweet spot that we fit into is when uh, younger professionals feel like, "Okay, I've got, I've got something solid now. I've, you know, I've been in this." One job for a year or so, it's feeling really good. Or I started this business, I've proven the concept. I'm starting. So, in either one of those situations, they're starting to feel like they've got a, a little bit of a foundation, a little bit of their footing. They're ready to be adulting with their money. And they say, okay, how do I make sure this works long term? How do I think to when I'm in my 80s and plan accordingly? Um, what to do with my money between now and then so I can enjoy life now, but not at the expense of enjoying life later. And we set up that roadmap for let's get you all the way to age 100 and think about all the different um, parts of your finances that would get you there, the exit strategy of your business, even if it's going to be 30 or 40 years in the future. Let's talk about it. Let's explore options because it's going to impact what you do day to day. And that's where a lot of the time for even myself as a business owner, we get stuck so much in the day-to-day that we forget to think long-term. So it's really what we bring to the table so that then that can inform the decisions we're making. And we know we're on the right track, that these actions serve a purpose rather than just throwing things on the wall and hope that they stick.
0: Right. Um, Well, that makes perfect sense So long-term planning. Do you... Um, I I know some people in the financial planning business also offer products as well as services. Are you kind of a fee-for-service business, or do you steer them into particular investments? How How does yours work specifically?
1: Yeah, we actually, a little bit of both. One thing that I've intentionally chosen not to do is to be securities licensed, so I can never sell someone a stock. I don't want to. We work on the safe side of people's portfolio and really thinking about the products that are going to build that foundational wealth for them so that then they can launch on top of that. And frankly, most of the business owners are working with, they already own 100% stock in a business that they're taking lots of risk on, and they need to counterbalance that with some foundational wealth. So that's where we get to step in, do that, get them nice stability that they can count on. And we use some products for that. Other times it's really just getting a manage of your cash flow, setting up a system to know like what's coming in, what's going out, telling your money what to do. Um, and th- But really it's ultimately to get them on that stable footing. So then then if they do want to invest in somebody else's company rather than in their own, they know who to go to, how to think through that, um, what to look for. And we can help ask those right questions and point them in the right direction that way.
0: Okay, good, good. So uh, you've been doing this for a while. What do you consider the best piece of advice you've ever given one of your clients?
1: Oh, that's a tough one. Oh, you're such a great question asker. So I really will look back to March 2020 as one of the most fulfilling times in my career, which sounds really odd for a financial professional. It's right when COVID hit, everything shut down. What, I heard, what I've what i heard in the last couple of years since then is that most financial professionals were hiding. They didn't want to talk to their clients because they didn't want to talk about how the stock market was so volatile. We had three of the biggest dips in history within a week there it was it was bananas but i got to get on the phone make videos to send by email to let our our clients know hey you don't need to worry the work that you're doing with us is here for you this is what we created it for was times like these and if you need anything you've got this foundation that you can tap into, that you can rely on. If you, you know are losing business or you uh, have fewer, um, fewer revenue coming in, you've got this. This is what we established all this for. And to be able to do that was really fulfilling. But then on top of that, there are some people that were like, oh, I just transitioned to work from home. And I'm, I'm fine. Actually, I might even make some more money. But what could I do right now? How could I take advantage of this opportunity? And we got to do things like take some of that foundational wealth and put it at risk temporarily, buy some stocks, hold them for a year and a day to get into capital gains territory, um, and see some, for some of these clients 80% returns because they had cash available when no one else did. And they were able to go buy when we had some of those you know dips in the market. Not that everybody should do that, but it was really fun to come alongside folks and help them do that. I didn't make any commissions off of it but it was super fulfilling work.
0: No, that's, that's interesting. So yeah. And even, even in the uh, toughest times, there's always opportunity. Exactly. Um, So you, you just got to pay attention and look for it. And and then when you find it, take advantage of it. Mm -hmm. So since you're in the financial business, I'm assuming you have your own financial goals. Do you set revenue goals for your business? Like, have you got a 12 month revenue goal?
1: Yeah, we do. We actually set, um, we were introduced to this framework of MTO minimum target and outrageous goals. There's <laughs> in the outrageous line, there's this uh, idea of like 10x that was developed by Grant Cardone. That's kind of what we do for our outrageous, mm-hmm. what we're going to shoot for. But then we have a target. This is kind of a a uh, smaller growth, this would put us on the right trajectory for those three to five year type goals, that kind of thing. And they have a minimum, you know, this is what we have to hit to make sure we're able to cover everything, live the life we want, you know, pay our staff, all those kind of things. And that's been really fulfilling because then we don't feel bad when we don't hit our target every single month, you know, it goes up and down. And, but we get to celebrate when, oh my gosh, we just hit our outrageous goal this month. What, isn't that fun?
0: So you've got the goals set up monthly, but you also do you, do you also have like a, a 12
1: month, an annual goal or? Yeah, we set the annual, but then we break it down monthly. Right. And here's what the, to hit that annual, here's the monthly that we would need um, to make sure that we hit that.
0: Okay, great. So um, is there any particular obvious roadblock that may be in the way of pre- uh, preventing you from getting to that annual goal?
1: Yeah, it's just more and more people to talk to part of why we go on podcasts to meet new people and share our story and see who, you know, is like, hey, I've never thought about money that way. I need to learn more. Um, the more people we get to talk to, the better, like more likelihood that the- they're going to drive with us and want to work with us, which will help us hit that revenue goal.
0: Yeah, it's a, it's a, a similar challenge to every business is yep. to get more and more volume, the more folks you have an opportunity to to chat with. Mm-hmm. Um so I, I noticed you've got some social media um, presence and you've all, all got a podcast. What's working best for you in a, along the lines of getting the more and more people?
1: Yeah, really what we found with the podcast is that it, if we meet people – they might not be ready to work with us then. They just met us. They don't know us from, you know, the other financial professionals that they meet, but they could, if they start listening to our podcast or watching our YouTube channel, they'll get to know us. They'll, we build a lot of trust with them and it warms them up. And now they're reaching out to us saying, Hey, I was listening to that last show and I need to work with you because, or you said this and it really inspired me. I need to find out more, those kind of things. So we can, it's really easy to meet five people a week, right? Really, you know, pretty simple, but to get them to have that no like and trust factor that so many folks talk about is a different story. That's a harder hill to climb. And that's really where the podcast fits in. And then of course, social media just kind of reminds people who might not see our emails or different things that we're here. And they might listen to a show that they wouldn't have seen otherwise um, by the social media, but it's really the, being in their ears, you know, and on their screen that builds that trust factor that then they're like, I can't imagine working with anybody else at this point.
0: Good. Well, you know, having a podcast or a website or all that stuff, those those things are wonderful uh, as long as people find them and listen to them or see them. Um, So do you have any way to attract people to your podcast other than word of mouth of of those that uh, have participated before?
1: Yeah. The one that's really exciting me right now is that we're back to doing some in-person networking. Hopefully that doesn't get derailed uh, in the near future with some of the um, different things that are happening with COVID again. But that's we've actually been doing much more in-person networking the last few months, and that's been really exciting. I hope that continues. And then when that's not happening, some of the virtual networking, I'm a part of a really amazing women's group called Women Belong. It's global, um, but also has local circles, depending on where folks are. And I just love connecting with those women. We kind of mastermind a little bit, but then we're also referral partners and power partners for each other to do joint efforts, like joint webinars or joint um, interviews, things like that, that. Bring me to their audience in different ways than if it was just me sharing um, to to them. You know, I get that kind of uh, recommendation from them.
0: Oh well, you've got a lot of things going. That's for sure. <laughs> Which one do you think is working the best for you at the moment? That in on, in the uh, terms of bringing you more opportunity.
1: Yeah, I think the big umbrella of just networking and you know, um, not just trying to find the. Um, client, but the connection that can connect us to a hundred clients. That's really what has been working well is finding those folks. And there's just a few different places that we're building those relationships, trying to find those people that can connect us with a hundred people rather than just be our client and kind of having that mentality about it too.
0: So with a hundred people, would that be like chambers of commerce or offering your services to Employees of a business or uh, specific things like that? I'm-
1: yeah, it's really other businesses, um, you know, like. A- life coaches that are working with people who are starting their own businesses and are wanting to, they often have a bunch of financial considerations they want to think about as they're doing that. So for us to come together and talk about, here's, you know, they can talk about, here's the emotional or spiritual type things to think about if you're thinking about starting your new business. And then I can come in and talk about the financial matters. And that um, information can be shared to their audience and to my audience. And right, because we have similar folks that we work with just in different ways. And that we I find that really helpful because then we're providing value for both audiences. It elevates their business and elevates my business at the same time.
0: OK, yeah, it's kind of a collaboration thing from yeah. people that are serving the same community in different ways, I guess. Exactly. Yep. Interesting stuff. Um, so how many podcasts do you throw up Uh a week or a month?
1: We do one um, podcast every other week on our Wealth Wisdom Financial Podcast. And then every week we're publishing interviews to share stories of people's financial lives um, on our YouTube channel. So that comes out weekly as well. So it's kind of two different things, one weekly and one every other week.
0: Okay. Well, it seems like you got uh, everything running pretty smoothly for you. I'm, I'm, I'm assuming you're getting the volume that you want and taking the the great uh, advantage of the volume. And when I say take advantage, I don't mean that in a negative way, Mm -hmm. but you know, to make the most of uh, those people that come to you for help. Mm -hmm. Um, So have you got uh, any final thoughts or better yet before you get to your final thoughts? uh, You know, I've asked a bunch of questions here. Is there a question that I haven't asked that you wish I would have so you could answer it?
1: Well, the, so the, when entrepreneurs come to me and they're looking to start their own business or they're just starting out and in those early stages, which I think is a big part of your audience, the number one thing I tell them is as much as possible, don't ever do anything alone. I'm fortunate that I've had a, a business and life partner, my husband, to go on this journey with me. Um, to We both have our own areas of um Expertise, but we've also had our different times when we both, when one of us has wanted to give up and the other one brings us in, right? And reminds us what we're trying to do. But then at the same time, we've, try to involve other people as much as possible. If I was, you know, in the coffee shop days, if I was going to pick up supplies, I would try to say, who wants to come with me? Who, who wants to jump in the passenger seat and let's go there together. And we'd come up with so many different ideas and have such great conversation along the way instead of me just doing it alone and not feeling connected. Entrepreneurship's so isolating. Um, so there's been really fun ways. We're part of a mastermind group, so we have a mentor. As much as possible, I just always encourage people: don't ever do anything alone. Try to be involved, be in community, be building relationships, including let's bring it back to finances. Don't do your finances alone. You totally could. You could watch all the YouTube videos, you know, sign up for this app, um, you know, read this book. But what if what if you're not seeing what you can't see? What if you don't know what you don't know? That's why we need financial allies not even uh, professionals, just allies, people that are going to be on our side doing it with us together. That can be so powerful. And um, so I kind of say that in general for entrepreneurship, but then also for money, too. Don't ever do anything alone. Have have at least a second pair of eyes look at it or up someone in the passenger seat along for the ride.
0: <laughs> that's, a, that's a great uh, metaphor, if that's the right word. Have somebody in the passenger seat that's along for the ride. So I can't think of a better way to end this. That, that was some great uh, insightful information there to, to help people out. Do you have any final thoughts beyond that?
1: No, this has been a lot of fun. Thanks for having me on here. The biggest thing I would encourage everyone is don't give up. Keep going. If you feel like you're supposed to do this thing that you have in front of you, keep going, make it happen. Even if you need to take a step back to take two steps forward, do it. You got this.
0: Well, thanks, Amanda. You've been a very enjoyable and uh, interesting guest. I, I appreciate you spending the time with me.
1: Thank you, Brian. It's been my pleasure.